What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily. I'm your host, Imran Khan, and joining me today is JV Gwaltney, one of the Game Informer 7. Hi, Imran. Howdy. How you doing, JV? I'm good. Putting the former in Game Informer. Feeling really good. Oh, we decided we're going to do that really bad wordplay? Yes. Okay, yes. cool. We're working with that. Uh, sorry we're a little bit late. We entered some kind of weird astral plane hell where <laughs> every single laptop we used needed to update. Thankfully, Surreal Vasquez over, over here It was able to pitch hit a laptop for us, so we're not going to be completely lost, just kind of lost. Mm-hmm. How you doing after all that, Barrett? Um, I'm stressed out, but we're going to get through it. <laughs> Great. Right. We're making it. This is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad-free. Today's stories, we're going to be talking about Valve commenting on the Epic Game Store anger, the new Nintendo Ring Fitness thing that we're not quite sure about, but we're going to be happy to speculate, and a new chapter coming to the indie darling Celeste. But before all that, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. Tonight, that is from a couple of hours from now, Greg and Fran are hosting the Borderlands 3 launch party from Dallas, Texas. Watch with the best friends on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames at 5 p.m. Pacific. We want to thank our Patreon producers real quick with Re-Retro Games, Blackjack, and Muhammad Muhammad. And today we're brought to you by Third Love and Raycom, but I'll tell you a little bit about that later. First up, before we get to the stories, JV, mm-hmm. I saw you were tweeting at like 6 a.m. this morning. Yeah. Playing Super Metroid. Yes. That is, one, way too early for Super Metroid. That is never too early for Super Metroid. You are incorrect. Two, way too early for anything. Wrong. Okay. How is Super Metroid, how does it hold up after... I guess you you first played it a couple of years ago, right? I played it for the first time all the way through like five months ago okay. on 3DS. You wrote a column about that in your virtual life yes. on Game Informer. Yes, one of the last ones. <laughs> how how does it hold up now five months later? Is the nostalgia still there? Yeah. I mean, I think that game exists outside of nostalgia. It's perfect. Okay. It's a perfect game. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we will get more to the SNES stuff a little bit later. But for now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have four stories today. A bigger dozen. First... Nintendo just surprised revealed this new fitness device for Switch. This is by, are from Polygon by Chris Plant. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah. Huh. Weird. Must be new. <laughs> All right. So Nintendo just teased a brand new peripheral for the Switch in a video published to YouTube. That's about all we know. Nintendo just revealed a name, a purpose, or games. Or Nintendo has not revealed a name, a purpose, or games that might work with a new thingamajig. <laughs> the teaser video does suggest it will be used for exercise and group activities, though. The video cuts between groups of friends in major cities across the world. In each setting, one player uses the device, a large ring with two Switch controllers strapped to the side, to perform physical activities. They run in place, do yoga, lay on their backs, and kick their feet in the air as their friends cheer. Though most sections include many people, only one person seems to play at a time. The device itself also seems to have some resistance. In a couple of activities, players try to smush the band with their hands or thighs. Nintendo has a history with exercise games and peripherals, most recently with Wii Fit. The trailer ends with a promise that more info will be announced on September 12th. So we saw this, I think, right at the end of Gamescast yesterday when we were recording that. Right. Like none it of popped us, up right yeah, at the end. None of us really knew or understood what the hell is going on. That has not been made any clearer in the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. What are your initial thoughts on that thing? It... I'm still trying to parse my initial thoughts <laughs> on that thing. Uh, I I think Nintendo's sort of weird advertising uh, focus. I mean, it makes sense to focus on people playing with their things, but right. the fact that it jumps from like city to city in that ad is kind of strange. Like, it's this. It's weird the things that they put emphasis on. This is a very like this is a very Wii style ad. Yeah, but the actual device reminds me of a thing. Like, there was an EA exercise game for the PS3. I want to say. That like had little Bluetooth things you like strapped to your body, mm-hmm. which this looks like that except they're just using Joy Con. So it's, I guess in theory, more like a Labo that's not going to break with the second you touch it. Yeah, it's oh man, it's definitely Wii esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just imagine 
personally speaking, that that thing would go flying because I'm so clumsy. <laughs> like, especially, you know, with that, it looks like there's an archery game yeah. that someone's doing. I just imagine I'd accidentally, like, pull back too hard or something or just go flinging across the living room and smash a window. Yeah, hopefully the build quality on this thing is good. Like, the Wii Balance Board supported quite a bit. Yeah. Like, I think the upper limit on that was 300 pounds, and that thing was durable as heck. But this looked like... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, she is really pumping that thing. And, like, I guess you, you strap the Joy-Con to your leg. I don't... If, if the idea of this thing is to exercise a bit with video games, that's cool. Yeah. I like that idea. I don't know that I want that to be a party thing right. at the same time. I don't know that I want to watch or want people to watch me exercise. When I go to the gym, I just assume no one's actively watching me. Yeah, no, because, for like, sure. I would, I would immediately fall apart from embarrassment if they did. Yeah, it's not a group activity in my mind. Like, I know there are people who do do yeah. that, who do go as a group to the gym and get there's some like, sense of community from it. But for me, it's like, don't look at my body. Yeah, there's like Billy Blank and Ty Bo. That's a, that's a whole thing. It just, <laughs> but I, I don't understand. Like, we don't really have a sense of whether this is an exercise thing or not. It might literally just be a Nintendo Land style minigame collection that just happens to get you up and around. I am mm-hmm. surprised they're still doing this sort of thing. I'm not, I don't think I'm that surprised because people were really into Wii Fit mm-hmm. or at least like flirted with the idea. Uh, I remember one time I had a roommate who connected their Wii and, you know, loaded up Wii Fit just out of curiosity, like, oh, I haven't used this in a long time. And right. the Wii Fit, of course, had that reminder of like, you haven't used this in 300 and whatever days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's sort of like a painful reminder of our own mortality, but also how lazy you are. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping there's like some like sort of version of that in this just for good chuckles. Rebecca Valentine is angrily DMing me saying, how dare you denounce Wii Fit? <laughs> I'm not denouncing Wii Fit. Wii Fit is fine. Yeah. I, I actually like Wii Fit. I've heard... So I heard about this game a couple of months ago from a friend, and they mentioned to me Wii Fit Trainer is actually in this game. So mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if like they're trying to make her more of a character. Like after, after the Smash Brothers inclusion, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I I know a little bit about this, but I'm Nintendo's going to do their full reveal on September twelfth. I so. am counting down the days until September twelfth, so I can know more <laughs> about this strange device. It's interesting though, because Labo failed commercially. It failed. Oh, I didn't know that. Like it didn't do it. I think they suspected a Wii style success, but it definitely was not that. So, and also that thing takes up so much space on store shelves that how do you convince stores to keep stocking these things that aren't selling well? So we'll see how this thing is. Maybe it's going to be that actual huge breakout success. Suriel, who's on the the shock mic over there. Was this the thing you'd you'd be using? Probably not. I'm curious about what the name is. Mm-hmm. I I would just call it Ring. No. Switch Ring? Switch Ring? Switch Ring, yeah. yeah I, I mean, guess you can't call it Ring because Google owns that with the, the weird doorbell thing. Oh. Yeah. The Google weird, ruins like, everything. police state doorbell that they have. Mm-hmm. Ah, there we go. So, yeah, that's the Nintendo thing is... It's interesting. It's... I like that they didn't... They knew to keep this out of the direct. Yeah. Like, they knew, like, any people would lose their minds over a minute and a half being dedicated to this thing that they're not even really showing yet. Mm-hmm. So, they, they did the same thing with Labo, too, last year. I recall, like, just, there was one day we were having the morning meeting, and we were hearing, like, Nintendo teasing a thing for later that day. And I remember uh, saying, like, I think I heard it's about cardboard. And our boss, Andrew Reiner, looking at me and, like, that didn't seem right. Uh. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably not. Let's Let's wait and see and see what it is. But yeah, I wonder also, like, because with Labo, they did the initial games and all that, and the games didn't really set the world on fire. But then they released Labo compatible, like, patches for Mario Kart and Zelda and stuff like that. So I wonder if they'll be like, oh, now you can play these Mario Odyssey mini games with the ring. Mm-hmm. That would be, I would be interested in that to see what they do. Yeah. But, like, if there were, Mario and Sonic would be a great, like, side game for this thing. Mm hmm. Like, do the track and field thing with this ring or this thing attached to you. Yeah, I'm curious because it feels like whenever there are peripherals like this, you get, like... Like, obviously, it seems like there's going to be, like, a Wii Fit sort of thing that's going to be the focus for it. But typically, there's, like, what, one or two games, and then there isn't really anything else for the peripheral except maybe, like, oh, an extra mode. So it'd be nice to see 
one of these take off and just have a whole line of games that you can play that actually use the device well. Yeah. You know, that's what I want. The history of Nintendo consoles is littered with peripherals that either take off and become a major part of the console or fail miserably. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious which one this is going to be. All right. Let's move on a little bit to this is a bit of a, like a self-indulgent one. Yeah. Celeste Chapter 9 free DLC being released this month is coming to us from IGN by Hope Corrigan. Celeste, and Hope is very correct in this next like parenthetical, one of the best platformers of this generation, Woo! will be getting its Chapter 9, our Chapter 9 Farewell free DLC in just a few days. A blog post on Extremely OK Games website explains Celeste will be sent off with his free chapter, will be available for everyone to download who owns the game. This Chapter 9 free farewell DLC will be available on all platforms on se- September 9th, though the, expo- the Xbox One version may see a slight delay. Chapter 9 farewell will add over 100 new levels to the game, bring Celeste to over 800 levels in total. These levels will also come with new music, hell yeah, and mechanics that can be unlocked by completing Chapter 8. For everyone who has supported Celeste, the blog also mentions the change to the development team. The thanks to the commercial success of Celeste, the game now has an official office in uh, the team now has an official office in Vancouver, and has been able to bring the team all over to work together in person. Matt makes games, which is previously headed by Matt Thorson, the creator of the game, will now be known as the previously mentioned Extremely OK Games or EXOK to commemorate the expansion. Have you played Celeste, JV? Yeah, I was about to ask you about this. Please don't hit me. I did not care for it. Oh wow! When I played it initially but i don't like platformers okay so i was wondering like because i gave it two hours Mm -hmm. and if admittedly it was you know during game informer near the end of um the year what we would do is we'd get time to play games right you know to talk about it in the top 50 like hey what's going to be you know game of the year and blah 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 and celeste was one of those games that i played and i was just moving on to other games and it just didn't capture my attention but i know it's got effusive praise i know that you're one of the people when we were working at the office, who really loved it? Do you think it's worth going back if, like, I just don't care about platformers? Test it in different contexts and see if it feels any better. Like one of the things I loved about Celeste was that the story is one of the I know one of the reasons I remember you saying you don't necessarily like platformers is they're very story light. Mm-hmm. That Celeste story is a very interesting take on how anxiety can affect somebody. Okay. So it personally resonated for me. Speaking of Game Informer, I recall that like. At the game of the year thing, it was, it was like I think it was me and Andy that really liked the game, and you and Joju or Jojuba especially that did not. Mm-hmm. So there was that big argument during the game of the year thing of like, no, actually I think this game is great, and Joe was kind of, as you do during game of the year stuff, you take some of the best games and you shit on them, yeah, because like you're saying the worst things about these fantastic games because you have to, you have to, you're you're making on a top fifty list, yeah, so. I I was like aghast that Joe was like saying all these amazing things or terrible things about this amazing game, but I think two hours is enough time to figure out if you like it. Mm-hmm. But like we discussed yesterday in the games cast, context for this sort of stuff matters. So if it does, I would check in again see if like the anxiety stuff maybe appeals to you a little bit better these days or <laughs> yeah after. Things yeah, have after, happened. Yeah, after some unpleasantness and see if that helps. Uh, just to cut in real quick, uh, Celeste whips. So yeah. yeah, I was also one of the people defending Yeah, it. Surreal yeah. was also on our side. All right. We, it's so so have, I'm the person who is wrong in the room. <laughs> yes. Okay. Very yeah. clearly. Hey, fucking wrong! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, but I Celeste is a fantastic game that one of the things I love about that game is that you don't have to be good at it. Uh-huh. Like, if you want to just see the story... Or even just make it a little bit easier for yourself. For yourself, the accessibility options in that title are amazing. Okay, that you can just be like, I want to jump a little bit more. I want to, you know, slow down time with this here. I want to. I don't want to make the game baby easy or just like stop my way through. Not, and you can do that if you want to. You can just totally go through and not have to worry about it. I mean, I am a giant baby, so that yeah. would definitely be my preferred difficulty yeah, setting. Yeah, baby mode. Is yeah, baby great. mode. You're yeah. a Wolfenstein fan. We're well aware of your preferences, <laughs> but it's. One of those games I recommend to everyone because however, whatever your skill level is, as long as you are entertained by the aesthetics and the general movement, I think you'll really like that game. Mm-hmm. And part of the aesthetics is the music, which is fantastic. So like when it said there will also be new music for these levels, I'm like, that's the best. Yeah, no, the music was one of the things when I was playing that game. I was like, wow, this is exceptional. It's I think the composer is uh, Lena Rain, Lena Rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's amazing. 
Like I think she was at the Game Awards, like doing like as a one of the composers or one of the uh, uh, what do you call it? Players or instrument players. I'm sure I like a very obvious word there, but I would highly suggest if you don't own Celeste, I would give Celeste a shot because it is legitimately one of the best games of last year. Mm-hmm. That and Oberdin. Yeah, Oberdin. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yakuza, Like a Dragon, live gameplay, and Yakuza Online, second part news. We don't care about that as much. But broadcast is set for September 13th. This is from Gamatsu by Sal Romano. Sega will host a Yakuza special at uh, Tokyo Game Show 2019. Yakuza, Like a Dragon, live gameplay. The live stream will be on September 13th at tw- or 21 hours in JST time. You'll also be able to watch it on YouTube. The live stream will feature the latest footage and live gameplay of Yakuza, Like a Dragon, as well as information on the latest up- updates for Yakuza Online, which is available in America, so we're not going to think about that too much. I'm mostly talking about this, because you and I were the office Yakuza fans. You, me, and Jeff Cork. Mm-hmm. Also me. And Surreal. Also Surreal. Yeah. I keep forgetting you, Surreal. I'm very sorry. How can you How forget? You? He's literally right there. Because I don't think about it. I, okay, that was about to be a very bad sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I think about you mostly in terms of fighting game stuff. Mm, so when fair. I think about like the other stuff, I'm like, okay, who did the review for the Yakuza games? It's usually you or Jeff Cork. Yeah. Despite my begging. Yeah. So To quote Surreal, uh, Semi quote serial Yakuza whips. Yakuza does whip. Yeah. So like Yakuza Seven got revealed a couple of weeks ago. I don't think we covered it on the game or the podcast or game sale at all. But they did a very major change to that game. Yes. They so the the series has always been like I've always compared it to River City Ransom. Yep. That you're it's more of a brawler with like RPG elements. Mm-hmm. They've gone the complete opposite ratio with that, and the the battle system now is a turn based battle system. How do you feel about that? It's interesting. I'm cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. because it does show that they're aware that Yakuza does need some changes. Right. Uh, but I guess my biggest issue is it's not the change that I wanted. Mm-hmm. The change that I wanted is I'm tired of going back to that city. They did change that. Oh, they did change so that. So you're in Yokohama now. Oh, okay, cool. You're not yeah. in Kam- Sorry, I, I didn't. I, you might go back to Kamurojo at some point. I'm sure they can't divorce themselves yeah. completely from it. Mm. But the initial area they showed is a in Yokohama. Yeah. Well, still to the extent that, like, I really like Yakuza's combat. Mm-hmm. You know, just the over-the-top finishers when you throw dudes through, like, window panes of restaurants and stuff, especially in the later entries as they add, like, just animation after animation. Like, I love that stuff. I love yeah. how simplistic it is, too. Like, it's challenging, but also, you know, you don't you don't have to master, like, combos. Right. You know, sort of stuff. There's a nice balance there for someone who's not really into fighters, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I'm curious, like... I kind of welcome change to, you know, established franchises that have been around a while. I'm, I'm curious to see how it pans out. I'm yeah. not against it, but I am concerned that, like, it might not be great. Yeah, they. it's a hard task for them because they have to channel what was amazing about the Yakuza combat, which, like you said, were the heat actions that, like, threw people through windows yeah. and put that in a turn-based thing and still make it feel good, which is not easy. Because, like, when I saw it, I was watching it live-streamed, and the my initial reaction was, like, I don't like this. <laughs> this is too different. I want to. I want to enjoy Yakuza Combat like I've enjoyed it for the past seven games. Well, I've enjoyed Yakuza Combat before. I don't. I'm not going to say it's always been good. Yeah. But I've like they've really hit kind of a a stride with it in recent games. So as I start like going through it and thinking like, okay, this is interesting. I kind of like. I think I tweeted at one point. This is fascinating. The balls on Sega for doing this. Yeah. But I'm not sure I like it yet. Yeah. And I start going more and more. And I start thinking about how, like, the ba- the balls on them for doing this kind of thing. As, right as this series becomes successful in the West, that they're actually making this game popular in the rest of the world, they go on and change it. Yeah, it's wild, too, because it's a numbered entry. Yeah. is the thing to me. Like, if this was, like, a spinoff. Like Tales from Yakuza Land, or you yeah, know, like or Judgment. Yeah, like yeah, just like oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. But the fact that it's a numbered entry and they're totally like changing it, mm-hmm. like the foundation of it, is wild to me. Yeah, yeah. It's speaking of Judgment. That's when the, I started seeing this. I started realizing because remember earlier in the year there was that thing where an actor named Pierre Taki was caught using cocaine. Yes, and. In Japan, that is an automatic, like, cancel. Yeah. That he was removed from movies. I think in Kingdom Hearts 3 in Japan, he was redubbed because he was the voice of Olaf. 
and I'm guessing for the movies as well he was done that. And so they replaced him entirely, actor, character model, everything, in Judgment. And I remember thinking, like, this is such a weird overreaction. For, like, maybe one character in Kingdom Hearts 3, I can kind of get that. He's not a huge thing. But for an entire, like, he is a very much integral to the plot of Judgment. So I thought, this is weird. Why are they doing all this? And it's because they knew what they were doing with Yakuza 7. They are massively changing up that game from its action game style. Thus, they needed Judgment, which coexists alongside Yakuza 7 and still has that action gameplay style, to be a success. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't, then their entire plan fails. Yeah. So they had to massively overreact to try and course correct. So a lot of pieces fell into place. But uh, we keep calling it Yakuza 7. In America, it's not called Yakuza 7. It's called uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is the English translation, the loose English translation of Ryu Ga Gatoku, which is the Japanese title for it. So it's basically like when Resident Evil did that thing of Resident Evil 7 was called Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Mm -hmm. And in Japan, it was called Biohazard Resident Evil. So I love the idea of doing that, but you can only do that once. You can't do that again. I like uh, during the live stream when they were preparing people for this. Like, yeah, this is Kazuka Ichiban. He's the new character. He really loves Dragon Quest. He's a big RPG nerd, and that's why he perceives every fight as a turn-based thing. That's cool, though. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's a good way to put, put it in. Like, okay. I, I, It's dorky, but I'm into it. And I also like it. I like the idea that, like, it's not just a protagonist isn't just, like, a changeover in terms of, like, oh, we have the same kind of gameplay, and we're playing with... We're just playing with a different guy. It's like, no, the whole world kind of changes because you have someone else with a different perspective and different experiences. Like, that's a wild right. way to, like, do that changeover. That's really cool to think about. I just really hope it pans out. Yeah, I'm curious, like, how this changes up because, like, Kiryu was a Boy Scout. Kiryu mm. was, this gets into a weird Japanese history lesson, but he was classic 1950s Yakuza mm. where they were, like, more, like, they still took money from people for protection, but they were more like community helpers, yeah. which made those like uh, side stories make sense mm. because he would, somebody like that would go help people. From what we've seen of Ichiban, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. He seems like a good guy, mm. but not necessarily like, I'm here to help my community. He seems trashier than uh, Kiryu. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Yeah. He seems a bit dirtier. One of the things when they, they initially revealed his design... Two, I, I know it was two years ago because it was the first story I wrote about for Game Informer, period. Uh-huh. So the games rev- are teased to reveal outlasted my entire job, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. But when they showed his design, he's uh, inverted colors from Kiryu because Kiryu wore the white clothes and the uh, red shirt. Yeah. Uh, Ichiban does the opposite. He has like the red stuff and like a white. Yeah. So they're definitely trying to say something with his uh, appearance. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about this turn-based thing, though, is a couple of months ago, for April Fool's, yep. I, I don't remember if I wrote about it for Game Informer or not, but I remember noting it mentally, yeah, Sega's April Fool's joke was like, we're showing you some in-development Yakuza 7 stuff. It was a turn-based battle system that looked like Persona. And it was like, haha, that's hilarious. They're showing it as if it was a turn-based like, g- game, but obviously that's not Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Then people were like, oh, they're not going to waste that stuff so maybe it'll be the side mode like the gang stuff in Yakuza 6 no they were actually just straight up showing the bells yeah no I remember that day we had a conversation about that where we were both like this has got to be a joke right Mm -hmm. and that was the consensus we came to was like this is probably a joke yeah yeah Lo and behold, we were wrong. Jokes <laughs> <Like>, on you. <laughs> yep. We were the idiots. Yeah, we got April Fooled. Yeah. Really it, well. On the, a number of levels. Yes. Yeah. Like, that is the best meta April Fools joke I can remember. It's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Like, we're just going to show you this massive change to this game and just, like, we'll see what you think about it. <laughs> they did say Nagoshi, the executive producer and creative director at Sega, like, he mentioned that. If this fails, if people hate it, they'll just change back. Yeah. Which is kind of refreshing in a weird way. Yeah, no. There's... I bet for people... No, that does... Like, that does bring me a little bit of, like, comfort. To yeah. think about, like, oh, if I absolutely hate this, then, you know, there's a fair possibility that the next one will just go back. Yeah. To what I love. But, you know, I, I don't... I'm not against change. I just hope it pans out. Yeah. I really want... Like, all those ideas sound cool on paper, but I also don't like turn-based JRPG battles. Mm-hmm generally but i guess we'll see what would you say your favorite jrpg battle system is uh the one in chrono trigger chrono triggers is good yeah. yeah yeah we'll we'll see how this one works out it's kind of funny that the 
Sega got a lot of heat for uh, all their like some other RPG series going from turn based to like more actiony stuff, mm. and they're just like, all right, well, screw it, we'll do it with Yakuza. Uh. Like Sega is a very experimental company, mm. and as much as they fall down on a lot of things they should be doing, mm. I appreciate how much they're willing to flip the table. Yeah, no, for sure. They, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It feels like compared to like a bunch of other companies. They're like, yeah, let's do something new. Let's take a risk. Yeah. You know, you can't say that a lot. I feel like, especially for like Western companies, you know, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like you look here and it's like, oh, yeah, another Call like, of Duty. The next Assassin's Creed is never going to be like a turn-based game. Yeah. Because like the audience would hate it. So yeah. like obviously they- You'll get a spinoff in a mobile game that's turn-based maybe, yeah. but like never a main entry. Right. Yeah. And like it's- it's interesting to see what Japanese developers are doing these days, especially in a scenario like like we said, the series is finally successful in the West. Mm. They're just going like, fuck it. We're going to change it. And yeah. like we talked a little bit about games guys yesterday about Final Fantasy VIII being a weird thing because it was a deconstruction after they were tired of making seven Final Fantasies that were very similar. And just being like, all right, what if we just change everything? And it was weird to people who just got into the series because like they did a deconstruction immediately. So I, I'm curious how the West is going to react to this Yakuza. Yeah. No, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to watch, you know, the reaction as well as like playing the game as a longtime Yakuza fan. Yeah. Like, okay, I think I can get the hang with this or just totally reject it and put it down. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm very curious. Did you buy the remasters that came out on PS3 recently? Or PS4? No, because things happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, what, <laughs> the, are, what are games? I, that, yeah, that happened the day we were laid off and I was like... There was a time I was thinking, like, should I just get this as like to make myself feel better? And I think what pissed me off most is that I wanted to write about Yakuza and I couldn't because I didn't have access. Mm. I was like, Ugh, I just I want to talk about how cool Yakuza is. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd love just I'd love to hear you on a podcast dedicated to Yakuza, just going through the all the games, just you and like several other people who are fans of the games. That'd yeah. be fun. Ryuga to Gotaku. Yeah, Gotaku. We'll yes. do that. Oh. That'll be the name of the podcast. Okay. Yeah. But did you play Judgment? No, I have not played Judgment. Okay. I remember Just, you asking me a couple of months ago if you, like, you should. Yeah, I asked you and Quark, and the response I got back was like, eh, give it some time. It's a very slow opening. Yeah. I watched, I, I need to put more time into it. I watched someone play farther than I did. The story definitely goes very interesting places. Uh, the, the game takes a while to open up, like, mechanics-wise, too. Mm-hmm. But I... If they can nail this whole like co-series thing of judgment and one thing and Yakuza being a different thing, that would be great. We'll have I can have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. But I'll, honestly, I'm one of those weird fans where I've been I've played every Yakuza game, but I don't think I was really super into the series until Zero. Mm-hmm. Zero, I think, is one of the it is a, my favorite game in the series. I think it was in a year where Near Automata and Breath of the Wild came out, it and Horizon Zero Dawn and all that. It was one of my top three games. Yeah, because like, oh wow, I can't believe how much I love this game. Yeah, no, it's that was that was the the one that hooked me. Yeah, yeah, I love Zero. I think Kiwami Two is probably my favorite one mm-hmm. though. But yeah, Zero was a fascinating game. The fact that, like you said, it did so well critically yeah. and financially when it came out in a year one of the best years in gaming. It feels like this generation, probably the best year. Yeah, it's, maybe it's, it's going to be really fucking hard to beat that. Yeah, year. like it's just. That's amazing. Like, if that had come out any other year, it probably would have won, like, a lot of Game of the Year stuff. Yeah. Or been, like, up for grabs. I think that was that was my first year at Game Informer, so I was, like, I was too nervous to fight for it. Mm. But, like, and also it was a, the, the background, that year was very contentious. Yeah. Like, there were, <laughs> there were people who were very adamant about certain games, people who were very adamant, well, we don't have certain games on there. And, like, I was surprised that we did end up giving... I, as someone who was pushing Breath of the Wild for Game of the Year, I was surprised that we did end up doing that. Yep. Because that was a contentious Game of the Year meeting. It was... It, yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave it at that, yeah. but yes. And I just sat there in the back on the phone and be like, I like Yakuza a lot. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Valve kept quiet on Epic exclusives following the Metro Exodus backlash. This is from GamesIndustry.biz by Matthew Handrahan. Valve is keeping quiet on the issue of Epic Games for exclusives after a statement on 4A Games' Metro Exodus inadvertently incited a consumer backlash. Metro Exodus was announced as an Epic exclusive at the start of the year, despite having already been available for pre-order on Steam. The backlash was... Swift and angry, the first of what proved to be many such cases of consumer outrage over the ga- Epic Game Store's tactics. At an event last week, Valve expressed regret at, a part of its, at the part 
I'm sorry. At the part a statement it released may have played in inciting that response. Speaking to Kotaku, Steam's Nathaniel Blue said that the statement became a lightning rod for angry consumers. I don't think it was our intent to upset people, he said. It wasn't the intent of the message. It was more about the timing. The time it was about to la- uh, the game was about to launch, and then it was exclusive to the Epic Store. So that was the only goal of that. What came out of that was not what we expected. It wasn't meant to be this lightning rod. Looking back, Valve's statement does acknowledge the timing of the exclusivity announcement, but as a part of a larger point about its fairness to consumers. We think the decision to remove the game is unfair to Steam customers, especially after a long pre-sale period Valve said at the time. While Valve's intent was not to stir up controversy, Blue said the company did make a decision to not make official statements on the subject again. I don't know what we I don't know that we'd go back and change it necessarily, but I can say that in the future we didn't say anything. In the future we didn't continue to do that because our goal is not to upset the community or light anyone's hair on fire. Our goal is to get developers close to the customers and have a very a really valuable place for people to play games and stay focused on that. So I don't know if you remember this, but when Metro did that thing, and it was very controversial at the time, of they took the Epic Game Store deal for exclusivity for, I don't know, a year or how mm-hmm. long it was. It was like a week before the game's launch on Steam. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I can't remember if it was on the store page or a Valve blog post, but I think it was on the store page. It was on the store page. Yeah. yeah. Valve said, like, hey... If you pre-order, you're fine, but anyone who's coming here to pre-order the game now, it's now on a different storefront. We think this is unfair to customers. As somebody who's been watching this Epic Game Store thing from the beginning, that, I feel like if you ask me to pinpoint a place where this started, it was that statement. Yeah. And at the time, I thought it was really weird. As we've gone further and further from it, I've always been wondering, like, why did Valve do that one thing then and never again? And I think because they uh, apparently they did realize that it was a like they said a lightning rod for hate and anger since then. I mean, yeah, I think that's a pretty fair take. It's very strange, though, like just the in general that reaction, because for so long you've had so many people complaining about Steam in general from like just how they pay out, how archaic their system is, both the store and the library. Right. And then those same people are like, fuck Epic. You know, like it's, it's very strange to just see. I know it's a bit more complicated than that, right? But it's just the whole thing that's been one of the strangest sort of developing stories that I saw during my time at Game Informer was just how that whole thing is shaken out to the point of like harassment yeah. for all kinds of developers. What started out as very, I want to say, like a benign controversy mm-hmm. of okay, well, Epic is doing this thing that. Even I personally, as somebody who thinks this whole thing is massively overblown, I personally don't agree with the way they have decided to get into the market. I think from a business sense, it probably makes sense. Mm-hmm. Of like the only way you can challenge Steam is to buy your way in. And that sucks, but the problem there isn't necessarily with Epic, it's with capitalism. Yep. But I don't like the PC market has always been this very different, unique thing that has to be handled in very special ways. And Microsoft learned that lesson years ago. They made not necessarily similar mistakes, but also very dumb mistakes. That there were games on Games for Windows Live that didn't support Steam, or games that were on Steam but were only Games for Windows Live, thus adding a, a layer of abstraction that people could not get into, and thus were not able to like some people, games are just not supported these days and had mm-hmm. to be repatched or whatever. Yeah. But what Epic was doing at the time was very new and very harsh to a lot of people. Valve's statement at the time made things so much worse because it gave them a target. It gave people a chance to say, you know what? This is unfair. It's not just companies being monolithic entities fighting amongst each other. This is about us. And to an extent, that is not untrue. That it it does affect the consumer at the end of the day. But when you give verbiage to that, you give people a rallying cry. And I... I will give them the benefit of the doubt and say they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't realize it was going to go that far because who really thought it would go as far as it has? But like a timeline of this of they said that thing and it got worse and worse and worse and I think it really crescendoed with the Ooblitz devs and their blog post, which is ill-advised. It was not a great blog post, but it was not nearly worthy enough for the things they had to deal with. Yeah, no. Like it was it was poking the bear, but, you know, it still wasn't. Yeah. Like, it was like the level of hate that they got was so out of proportion and just awful. Right. To like a mild 
you know, ribbing. Yeah. Basically. And like I, I tried to talk to the devs and they're like, understandably, we're not talking to anyone. I'm like, it, from a news reporter perspective, I was like, that sucks. But also from like a person perspective, I was like, yeah, that's a good pl- like. Don't yeah, don't don't talk to don't talk to me. Yeah, it, you're you're better off just staying quiet. Yeah, it's interesting when you get in those scenarios where it's like, well, I have to do my job and ask, but I kind of hope they don't tell me anything. Yeah, you know, it's a very strange predicament to be in. Yeah, yeah. But the Valve created a scenario, and they did not mean to. I will, I will give them that benefit. They did not mean to create a scenario of weaponizing their audience to that extent. They did to some extent. Mm. They definitely, like uh, the Sony Marvel thing, where or Sony Disney thing, where Disney was clearly weaponizing their audience to get angry at Sony. Mm-hmm. This is similar to that. Yeah. And sirens are, are on, uh, sirens are on our ends. God, <laughs> I can't fucking say that sentence for the life of me, sorry. Eh, they're, they're we, coming we, after we just want to be careful for the people driving their cars listening to this later. Yeah. yeah. It's Ralph coming for you guys. Yeah. Hopefully it is. Hopefully, if you were driving, Dave knocks down the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that always bothered me with radio stuff too, where they play like loud crashing sounds. Yeah, like as part of a radio ad, I'm like, stop, stop. I'm, I'm, don't need to be alarmed no, right that's now. That's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, the Epic Game Store thing. It is true. It can, it can be simultaneously true that Epic is doing things that are not conducive for a long term healthy PC base, and are bad for consumers in the long run and that the hate for them is overblown yeah and it's overblown to an extent that it's poisoning the rational argument against it yeah because like I, I i don't agree with everything they're doing it's it's cool that they're giving developers money it's weird the way they're doing it because the the metro exodus thing was an actual like wow that's a real fuck up of uh, pre-orders are being taken like they you can't just say, okay, well, I'll screw everyone else who's going to join. On the, I don't. Did you play Exodus? Yeah. Did it have multiplayer? No. No, it did not. Okay. Yeah. So, like, in a situation where a game had multiplayer, that would actually be a bad thing. Of Borderlands is a good example. If that game had taken pre-orders on Steam and then went Epic Games for exclusive, that would have been a huge problem because you'd have already, like, oh, well, I committed to Steam. Yeah. And then there's other issues with Epic Games Store, like the, uh, the localized wallets and stuff like that, like... Legitimately, for some people, they cannot buy the game because they don't have the right currency for it, mm-hmm. or it's going to cost them more, and that sucks. So those are all issues that are rational and good to point out. But the idea of the emotional argument against Epic, that they are ruining a space that belonged to, that was a much more free form, doesn't make sense because that wasn't Steam. Yeah. Steam loves to put on this like libertarian ass air of we just whatever do what you want. And at the same time, I saw a story on Ars Technica this morning that I didn't put in the thing, but Steam's thing about uh, their moderation policies on adult games are still cloudy and unclear because their only moderation policies are we're removing things that are illegal or straight up trolling, yeah. and no one knows what that means. Yeah, Steam has always been we'll let you do what you want up till we feel like taking a chance on our uh, problem with it. Yeah, no, it's 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 very strange. Like they keep it deliberately vague. Yeah, yeah. So they can just remove anything, and they don't have to adhere to rules, right? And like I've always had that problem with Valve of either curate or don't. Like if you want to be this Mad Max style dystopia, go for it. Like it'll it's inter- it'll be interesting to see what happens, mm-hmm. but it's not this open field everyone thinks it is that has been. Uh, PC gamers and Gabe Newell dancing hand in hand for the last six years. Steam, ask a lot of indie developers, ask a lot of AAA developers. Steam has kind of sucked for a lot of people. Yeah, no, like I, a lot of developers that I've talked to have often complained about the cut. Yeah. The cut from Steam sucks. Yeah, yeah. The, the cut sucks. The transparency sucks. Like sometimes they won't tell you when a game is launching. Like mm. it's. It's a frustrating thing to see people take sides in the sen- and talk about them as if there's one's a moral good and one's an, uh, one's an absolute good and one's an absolute bad. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason this happened, and honestly, I would also venture to say this is, there's roots of things like Gamergate and the alt-right gaming whatever in this as well, is that for years we made those very dumb jokes about the PC master race. Mm-hmm. I was one of them. I did it too. 
and we drew that. Like I very simply remember fan art of Gabe Newell coming on high from heaven and like handing people deals and like giving people like Alienware software or hardware and stuff like that. It's like okay, we did a big thing where we deified a person and a brand that does not care about us. They do not give two shits about any single consumer, like individually. Mm-hmm. In aggregate, yes, they care about our money quite a bit. But when we started making it in, like making a PC gaming into a sort of a cultural war, it's. It's, I mean, yeah, it's been very disturbing and it's made gaming kind of kind of an unnerving place to be. It's been uncomfortable. Yeah, as yeah. someone who's not been in a target of any of the attacks, too, like just on the sort of outskirts whose job is to like cover this stuff. Right. Even just standing back, it's like, God, sometimes I don't know if I want to be in this place. Yeah. You know, it's not, and there are people who are getting it much worse than we have. Yeah. yeah. I, I mentioned the Ooblets thing, but like I went to the Mech Warrior Discord. Which also went to Epic Games Store, and it's on. It was honestly just as toxic. It was people threatening to burn down their building. Yeah, it's like okay, well, suddenly that argument about oh, it was the tone of the Ublitz devs that made us angry. It's like, what what do the Mech Warriors devs do besides take a deal? Yeah, and again, if you don't want people to take deals, capitalism is your problem, not <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. for a lot of these people, taking those deals means this game gets to exist. Yeah. I don't want a situation, period, where any developer is struggling to put food on their table for making a game. Because it's... Video games, and to an extent movies and all that, like any real product, but especially video games, because of how much time you dedicate to doing that, they're a super risky proposition. Yeah. Because you just have to hope it succeeds. You have to hope that the game, the day you release your game is not the day something else happens mm-hmm. or some other third party decides to release their shit or like and some the, controversial thing happens that takes up like all the space. Yeah. You know, or that you're not releasing the same day as 15 other anime games. So you're going to be buried on the, uh, you know, the steam new releases yeah. or that like the right person that, you know, a certain publication who's like loves the kind of stuff you're playing or the right YouTuber, you know, like, plays your thing like you're banking on so much i have talked to a developer once who said that when they released their game they asked me like is jv working on anything right now and i was like yeah he's reviewing such and such and like damn it jv is the only one who would actually acknowledge this game <laughs> okay i'm so, sorry like, the, like it's it's that kind of thing of if you don't if you if it happens to be that it doesn't work out then you're screwed yeah and gaming is such a risk that if it, anything were like if you can take any chance to make it a little easier on yourself to like be a little less depressed or stressed or anxious Mm -hmm. i can't begrudge that yeah no like as someone who's been on a very small way on the other side of the fence because i've made like narrative focused like text adventures and visual novels with like people and we crowdfunded one right like just even having that sort of support structure where like oh you know we have some money but you like just burn through it so quickly in ways that you wouldn't even expect like people i don't actually I don't think like people, most like players understand just how much effort and like burnout mm-hmm. goes into making like even the worst games, even the smallest games that you probably don't care about that you look at and you think that's a piddly thing. Right. You know, it's just so much effort, you know. And so to have this sort of thing where developers are finally having an avenue to get that money that they need to make this thing happen to like, you know, make them worry a little bit less about overhead and then just, oh, well. The cost for taking this money is to be met with harassment, you know, with like death threats. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just horrifying. Yeah. That's that's just astoundingly awful. And you can simultaneously dislike the deals Epic makes for these things and still be happy that developers are not struggling. Yeah. And not even necessarily happy, like, fine, you know, you don't want to be overjoyed for them. You can be understanding. You can be yeah. empathetic. You don't have to, like, send them awful messages or shit talk them in comments. You don't have to care. Yeah. Exactly. Like, how does it affect you other than, you know, oh, well, I'm not going to buy this game or I guess I have to buy it in another storefront. Right. You know, like, those are the options. You Which, like, I'm- again, we talk about the currency stuff and all that. So that those things do suck. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there is no excuse. There's zero, zero excuse to ever harass anybody for anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys want to pretend this is a cancel culture thing? It's not. Cancel culture is not what you think it is. Don't use that word. But it's... 
like it's not the same thing. You want to, you as a person, as a human being, need to be more empathetic. I don't care if you're actually a more empathetic person or whatever. Think of your fellow man. Before you type something on the internet, think of how this is going to affect someone else. Empathy whips. Empathy, empathy fucking whips. Empathy yeah. whips. It's going to put that on a t-shirt. All right. We're going to move on. Or, yeah. Move on from that passionate. Yeah. But all those games that like Ublitz, that's all so far away. Yes. If I wanted to know what is coming to the mom and grop tops today, where should I look, JV? I'm scrolling. <laughs> Uh, the big underline bold thing. The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Nailed it. Yeah. All right. Out today, Gears 5 Ultimate Edition, Remorthered Tormented Fathers. That is a... Hmm. Okay, Mice Hunter, <laughs> or Monster Hunter World Iceborne. It's only out on PS4 and Xbox One. PC re- players, surreal. You gotta wait a bit. Damn it. Uh, Restless Hero, Falcon Age is out on PC. Creature in the Well is out on Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Which surreal just reviewed for Fanbyte. He did. There's also it. a pop agenda game. Uh, Gun Gun Pixies, Super Street, The Game, Pixo Cities, NBA 2K20, Super... Super Jumpy Ball. Super Jumpy Ball. Crowd Control. That's control multiplayer, right? Yes. Okay. Ah. Biomech. Pew Pew Rocket. That's I a lot of good titles. Yeah. I kind of hope Pew Pew Rocket is just like a legally distinct Choo Choo Rocket. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of those games. I really like Gun Gun Pixies. I want to go check that out, see what that's about. Yeah. Just on title alone. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good title. No new dates today. I, or at least I could not find any. If you want to jump into your wrong, please feel free to tell me. Uh, deals of the day. Today I chose two months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which you can find on the Xbox.com sales and special section. Uh, Gears of War, as I just mentioned, came out today. It's also on Game Pass. You could get, for $2, two months of Gears of War. Like, if you want to just run through that campaign, it's not going to take you two months. It'll take you like six hours. Just do it. That's an- they know what they're doing. Yeah, that so is wild. Here's how good a deal uh, Game Pass is. Again, sirens. If you're arriving, don't worry about it. Uh, the Game Pass is. I was playing. I was just sitting on my couch the other day. I wanted to play a video game. Didn't know what to play, so I just loaded up Game Pass and started browsing through. I saw oh, Blazing Chrome, that Contra like that new. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. like, I don't necessarily want to pay full price for this game because I. It seems fairly short, and like I just wanted to run through it. So I just downloaded it, played it over like the rest of the night. Fantastic. I love that game, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure I would have loved it if I paid full fucking price for it. Yeah. So, like, just being able to just go, like, on demand of, oh, this is cool. I just want to browse and get this one thing. Game Pass, great deal. Yeah, no, I did that with uh, Void Bastards recently. Yeah. It just, like, totally paid for the price of that Xbox Pass. Yeah. It was just, like, playing through that game over a week. And they, they make these deals quite often. I believe there's a thing where, like, I'm not sure it's still going on, but Microsoft encourages it where you can buy Xbox Live Gold as a, like, as a separate thing, then transfer that over to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. I may be getting the details on that wrong, but it's a, it's a good deal that you can basically get Ultimate for cheaper than you would yeah. otherwise. It's very interesting to see, like, this, I'm not going to call it a new path, but, like, this part, this divergence between like Sony and Microsoft, where Microsoft's like, oh, we're all about subscriptions now. Yeah. Like, we're just full on all about subscriptions, and Sony's just, nope. So, I bet Sony doesn't do this by beginning of next gen, but by middle of next gen, they do something similar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just interesting that Xbox is like, this is what we're going to focus on right now. Yeah. They've yeah. always been about subscription num- numbers. Yeah. And now is the, like a natural endpoint for that. Yeah, because they've never like actually really reported sales, right? It's always been like... They used to, but this generation they changed to um, MAUs, monthly yeah. activations. So, yeah, they, they've been... The Game Pass is killing it. Mm-hmm. So speaking of killing it, before we go to reader mail, let's talk about some ads. Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Third Love. The kind of honeys are all rocking Third Love bras, and you should too. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz. Design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Skip the trip! Find your fit with Third Love's online Fit Finder. Order and then try on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. 
Every customer has 60 days to wear, wash, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate to a woman in need. Third Love's expert, our team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are also free and easy. Hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. Straps that won't slip and tagless labels, no itching. Lightweight, super thin, memory foam cups mold to your shape and are proprietary to Third Love. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash games now to find your perfect fitting bra. Get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash G-A-M-E-S for 15% off today. We're also brought to you by Raycon. It's 2019. Everyone needs a pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds. And, but did you know they sound just as amazing? The latest model is their best one yet. With six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, they're perfect for on-the-go listening and taking phone calls. Cool Greg's been rocking them, and he loves them. In fact, he gave them the Cool Greg hand gesture seal of approval. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. You've heard me talk about the co- how the company was founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Brandy, and Melissa Etheridge are obsessed with Raycon. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash kfgames. That's buyraycon.com slash kfgames for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash kfgames. Reader mail, JV. Reader mail. Let's start with the virtual boy. Ooh. Not the user, the Virtual Boy, not the actual Virtual Boy. I have a friend that's been collecting Virtual Boy games for like however long. I thought you were just going to say Virtual Boys, and I was like, how does he have that much So space? I, don't, I don't know for a fact if he actually has a Virtual Boy. I know he has never used it. Mm. He's been like, I never play these games. I just want to have the collection. It Because it seems doable. Well, that's, that's the rationale. That's it's the rationale. doable. Yeah, it's doable to have a full collection of the War, game. Or Guinness... Book of World Records biggest Virtual Boy collection. I mean, I suppose at some point, because it was like 30 games. Yeah. Yeah, so you get Waterworld and you're halfway done. Yep. All right. The Virtual Boy says, what's up, Imran and JV? Business Insider reports that uh, along with the announcements made during Nintendo's recent Direct, there was some other less well-advertised changes coming to Nintendo's NES and SNES services. Instead of the previous monthly schedule, we now have no set schedule at all. New games will come just as they do. Maybe it'll be one week at a time. Maybe it'll be six months. We don't know anymore. I highly doubt, however, the pace will increase in lieu of them no longer promising a monthly schedule. What do you guys make of this? It seems somewhat shady to me to make this sort of change and keep it out of the direct. In addition, this seems like an odd change to make, seeing as besides the ability to play online, the NES and SNES games are the main selling point of Nintendo's service. Not to mention, this news comes with no reassurance that efforts will be placed elsewhere, like better online infrastructure and features. Thanks. So, Nintendo's online stuff has always been a zero-sum game. Mm. It's always been like, okay, well, we're going to improve this, but we all suspect the price would go up. But instead of the price going up, they're changing something else. They're making it so their virtual console is not going to be as on track as it has been the past 12 months. Right. I, I admit I didn't see that coming, but it makes sense because of, one, clearly with the SNES stuff, they're, they have a new emulator. So they're probably working on a per-game basis. Because like previously they had such a hard problem with uh, the SuperFX chip. But now they have games like Yoshi's Island and Star Fox on there. So they're probably working off something similar to the SNES Classics, which means they're working on it game to game. Two, Nintendo sees a lot more value in SNES games than I think their consumer base does. Mm-hmm. Consumer base wants a Netflix of games. They want to, to be able to like browse games, play five minutes through Metroid, and then move on to the next thing. Nintendo thinks of it like, these games should still be worth 20 bucks a pop. So I can see why they'd be like, well, we shouldn't release... To get our four games every week, two on the SNES, two on the NES, we should do is like we should do them when we can like spread them out a little bit. Yeah, but it does suck that he is right. The Virtual Boy is right that they are probably not going to do on pace or like probably anywhere close to on pace. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. For me, I guess it depends on how invested you are in that sort of stuff because like the NES, the original like last year's NES games coming on yeah. there, it's like, I don't care about any of these. They got real esoteric facts. <laughs> yes. Um, but so the idea that, then maybe this is just me, but like trading that sort of schedule for like, here's a huge drop of some of the greatest games ever made, including Super Metroid. Yeah. The perfect game. Yes. Uh, I'm fine with that. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll take that and a link to the past, uh, Star Fox, all that stuff. And, you know, if you don't give me more Super Nintendo games for a year, I'm not going to lose my shit over it, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so many good games there. Yeah. You know, so I'm kind of apathetic about it. That said, if you are like a hardcore, you know, sort of person who's into the esoteric stuff, I could understand why that could be frustrating. It just doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's also a weird thing now because like when the Wii came out, the idea of a classic compilation rarely happened. Hmm. Like you rarely put a game on like old NES games on a disc like through the series. Now it happens all the time, which is probably why we don't have Mega Man games on the Switch Online and certainly why we don't have Castlevania games on Switch Online. Right. I think that's one of the things holding them back from a proper schedule is like, oh, we would love to put Super Castlevania on here. Konami's not going to let us because they're selling a disc with that. Like that game on it, yeah, and this hurts that value proposition. No, for sure. Are there any SNES games you feel like need to be on there before the service? Like they call it quits on. Oh, it? Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. That's not on there. Yeah, that that needs to be on there. Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger yeah. too. So JRPGs, I Donkey guess. Donkey Kong Country. Is, not, is yeah. it not on there? It's not. No, it's not. Wow. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, that does <laughs> suck. Invader Zim too. Come on, guys. <laughs> wow. Fuck. Yeah, okay, those games. Yeah, like there's a lot to do. I, I was always shocked that in the entire year they had the NES games there, they never put Earthbound Beginnings on. Mm. That seemed like a, a slam dunk of it. There's a game that we never released until a couple of years ago, but on the Wii U. So if you like, the only chance you have to play that game is if you own the system very few people owned. Is, is, is Earthbound like. The original one on the SNES is no. in this catalog. No, it's not. No, no, the okay. SNES game is not oh, in well, there. There's another one. Yeah, yeah, and I believe that was on the SNES Classic. So, like, why is the entire SNES Classic lineup not here too? Like, Joe and Mac Two is, I like that game. I re- okay, I remember liking that game. <laughs> I don't know that it actually holds up, but what a weird fucking choice. Yeah, Earth Defense Force is a strange choice when you have games on the SNES Classic that are still not on there. Mm-hmm. Like is was Super Contra one of the games or Contra Three? I don't recall. Like I don't have the game list memorized. I just saw Super Metroid and a link to the past, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." How far did you get them this morning? Oh, I got the the ball power up and two missiles. Okay, so I only so like yeah, that's like ten minutes. Yeah, it's like yeah, I was just uh, we were killing time. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I played a bunch of Doom Two on Switch. Oh, right, the actual Doom 2 port. Yeah, I was yeah. like, was that one of the SNES games? Yes. No. <laughs> Have I, I've explained, I don't think I've explained to you, but I've talked about how frustrating or maddening the Doom <laughs> listings on the eShop are. Because, like, okay, so there's Doom, which is the classic game, uh-huh. the, the 1991-ish, yeah. or whatever they, I, I'm sure there's a year, it might be 91, might not be. Then there's Doom 2016, which is the classic remake, or not classic, the new game yeah. that has the same name as the, the old SNES game. So it makes sense you want to avoid like the two each up listening to saying Doom, Doom. There is Doom Eternal coming to Switch at some point. Uh, I think that's November. Mm-hmm. There is Doom 2, which is you know, Doom Eternal is a sequel to Doom 2016. Doom 2 is a sequel to Doom Classic. And there's just Doom 3, which is a... PC game from early 2000? Yeah, late it, was, it was like 2003 or 2004. It came out right before Half-Life 2. Yeah. That's what I remember. So that would be, yeah, 2004, I want to say. Yeah. But so on the eShop, they have it as Doom, brackets, 1991, Doom 2, brackets, classic, Doom 3, just Doom 3, Doom, Doom Eternal. That is not the way to do that. Yeah. There's no confusion between Doom Eternal and Doom 2. Were they going to name... No, because the name's been out forever. Well, like, what? Mm. It's, it's, it's just... It's frustrating. Like, yeah. I look at it, it's so like, inconsistent. And like uh, Resident Evil has a problem, too, where like, Resident Evil sometimes will be entirely lower, lower caps, sometimes entirely t- or upper caps. Like, no, have some consistency. I want this to look 
it is weird to me, and I'm a crazy person. Mm. But I bet if they actually looked at it from like a brand manager, management perspective, they'd be like, no, this is weird. We shouldn't yeah. be doing this. I'm a normal person, and yeah. it's weird. Okay, good. Yeah, there you good. Go. Normal people say this is fine. All right. Organic produce. Hello, GI guys. I was playing the Ghost Recon Breakpoint beta and discovered this game seems to be embracing a lot more RPG elements, such as leveled enemies seen in Wolfenstein Youngblood and random loot seen in Division, Borderlands, etc. Do you feel the introduction of these elements can be detrimental to some games? Are these only being used to pad out the game and position them more as games as a service? It seems like a case-by-case basis thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes it sucks, but sometimes, you know, it, it depends on, like, how much grind is involved? What are your rewards? You know, is the combat is it is it is it lessened? Yeah, I guess. You know, like that was my main concern with Wolfenstein Youngblood when I played the E three demo. It was like, oh man, things are much spongier and blah blah blah. Yeah. But in the final version, when you start getting powers and you get them and you level up pretty quickly, it pretty much goes back to old school Wolfenstein where right. you're just tearing through enemies except for bosses. So, Youngblood you know, also does that thing where like it uses higher level enemies to block get you. Yeah. Which I'm not sure I like. Mm. I feel like if you if you are skill wise able to defeat an enemy, you should be able to defeat that enemy and go through. Yeah. Youngblood kind of stops you. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It it does do that. It's yeah. frustrating with like the skull over their, their head. At least it clearly communicates it, but that can be frustrating when like I'm really good at this game. Yeah. Um I think the only game, and I know I'm in the minority here. Uh, that I didn't really like RPG elements added to were the latest Assassin Creed games. Yeah, like, it definitely became a non-gun Mass Effect at some point. Yeah, like I, I love exploring those worlds, and I love a lot of the writing in the new uh, Assassin's Creeds. But like the combat and stuff, and like how grindy it feels, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it just depends. Like another Ubisoft game, The Division Two. I know, like. You know, the division had RPG elements too and was right. a looter shooter, but that's fun. Like, that is a great, you know, sort of mix of RPG and first person shooter or third person shooter. So you can do it right. What know? game would you put RPG elements into? Oh, man. <laughs> that's really hard because there's so many games on uh, on my top 10 that are RPGs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even God of War kind of went that way yeah, too. Yeah, God of War went that way. Um, I don't know, man. I'd be curious to see a Titanfall RPG. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you uh you like customize your Titan and stuff. Yeah. You know, or you customize your pilot while you're playing through the campaign. That that'd be neat. You know, yeah, I, I think that's that. the, I think that's like one of the few games on my top 10 that don't have RPG elements though. So it'd be hard to hard to say. For me it's Bubsy. They they need to finally I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Before you go, squat up. This is from Alice Camacho. His PSN is Papa Gazpacho. That's P-A-P-A-G-O-Z-P-A-C-H-O. Alex says, or Alexis, I'm sorry. Alexis says, I'm trying to branch out of my group of friends to play with. I usually play with my girlfriend and my best friend every night, and I'm looking to make new friends and increase my pool of buddies. I have all kinds of games like Overwatch, Apex Legends, Borderlands 2, GTA, Monster Hunter World, and more. Uh, if I'm interested, in pl- I'm interested in playing anything and having a good time, Alexis, I'm sure he's playing Iceborne soon. If you guys, you will need a buddy to go through Iceborne. You you can't do it alone. So if you're looking for a buddy, Alexis is probably a good bet. All right, let's go. You're wrong. Where you guys tell us about everything we're wrong about. And I did not put that tab up here, but I have it on my phone. All right. I'm trying to see. Nice old uh, pregnant pause for you. Yeah. You know. We're good. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Country 3 is not on the SNES. There's the full list. That's a decent number of games. Uh, yeah, 2004 for Doom. I, that's not me being wrong. It's me being right. Uh, Damn. Yeah, he says Imran's right first. I just said it because uh, it was, I'm praising myself. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon is also a live adaptation of the Yakuza movie. I want to see that movie. It's actually... So here's the thing. It's... So they make the Yakuza movie, and they realize, okay, well, half of Yakuza is a side stories. So, like, the actual main, like, Yakuza plot takes a weird break. 
to, for Kiryu to go do side stories. Then comes back to the main plot. So what and, you're saying, it's probably the most fateful adaptation of a video game into a movie ever. Yes, I think it's a Takashi Miike movie. Yeah. Who also did, like, he, he does a lot of Ichi shit. But he the, did, Ichi the Killer. Ichi, Ichi the Killer. Yeah. And, like, he did the Ace Attorney movie too, which is very, actually, like, very faithful. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, that's not a bad movie worth watching. Amazon owns... Oh, Amazon, not Google. All right. That's all I'm reading. All right. Was, was it a novel that we were wrong about? No, it's uh, that's all I'm reading, because like, the rest of it's not just new news and not oh, okay. uh, us being wrong. Because we're not. We're never wrong, except for those things I just said. All right. <laughs> On Monday, you are going to have Andrea and Tim. It is Andrea's final week next week. <laughs> we are all sobbing. Like, you guys be, like... Internally. Internally. Yeah, we're all internally sobbing. Uh, everyone, come out. Show your support for Andrea. We're all going to miss her a lot. So, she is on heavy hosting duty next week. But starting Monday, send your messages to Andrea and Tim. All right. JV, how, where can people find you online? People can find me at IV underscore JV on Twitter or at JVGwaltney.net if they want to see my portfolio and stuff. I'm for hire. Hire me. And you made a game. Don't, like, say that game name. Oh, I made a game, uh, a visual novel called Distress. It's inspired by Resident Evil and uh, Mass Effect and stuff. So if you're really, like, making tough decisions and hard choices, you know. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I made a game, like, in 2014 that people seem to really like, inspired by Alien. It's a text adventure called Terrorboard the Speedwell. That one's free. You can find it on Itch.io and online, and you can go play that. That's also a tough decision game. You'll die a lot. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. All right. Everyone, send out all your support for JV. Everyone, come to support Andrea next week. We're good. We're out. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>